Hello, everybody. Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Zach. And this is MZ Car Guys Podcast. So uh, we're at the, you're at the Moscone Center at the SF Auto Show, right, Zach? I am. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just basically just walk around and uh, talk to Matt about what I see. Matt's going to ask me questions and uh, I'm just going to kind of uh, go for it. Hopefully this okay. works. Uh, yeah, but okay. you can also catch us on social media um mz guy uh mz guys mz car guys uh on uh youtube on instagram and on twitter all right cool so uh i before we started the podcast you mentioned that you were over at the monster booth uh let's go and sell it to monster six because what is up with that stupid start button well, uh, let me walk up here. Uh, I'm at, I'm actually right by the uh, Mazda 6, so let me kind of see it. Yeah, it is. The, the interesting thing is, I mean, for the most part, you know, uh, Mazda's, you know, Kodo design language is decent. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely very simplistic. And, yeah. But I, I think they were maybe going for um, kind of like a more sporty, kind of a kind of a thing because it's way the heck high up there and you've got to kind of reach to kind of press it um uh now i i do have to say one thing though i am kind of uh i am kind of, I, there's sometimes that i do get into other cars and i have to hunt to find the start button you will not have to hunt to find this start button you will see it the problem is is you have to stretch and reach for it that's fair. So, um, okay. No, I'm looking at a picture of this on Google. And, and honestly, my first thought is that that shifter looks exactly like they ripped off the Honda Accord set of shifter. Uh, it is very similar. Um, and uh, Matt, if you could speak up a little bit, um, I can kind of hardly yeah, hear yeah. you. I had a little mic problem, but I think, I think we're going to be okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, for our listeners, we can... So they can hear you, whether or not they want to, or whatever. But, but yeah, no. Looking at the shifter, um, it's uh, it's definitely um, you know a pretty generic shaping uh, you know shifter and stuff. I don't know uh, necessarily if that's what they were kind of going for um, was generic, but uh, that definitely and which is weird because it's very uh, you know everything else in the interior is quite uh, you know is is quite you know lush and premium um, especially for something its size um but uh but yeah uh -huh. it's it's definitely uh you know kind of uh it is kind of generic which is very odd the other so, thing i'm noticing is that the, the the screen um the infotainment screen seems really wide like almost like the again i use the right phrase ripped off but it works like it ripped off the BMW thing. It's like if you're already looking to the right, shouldn't you have something more square so everything's more like within the driver's line of sight than this kind no, of not really. I, I actually kind of like the way that it looks. Um okay. and it's you know, in, in kind of the you know, it kind of goes with the simplicity of style and stuff like that. Um, you know, and a lot of manufacturers are going to something of that kind. Uh, you know, Toyota's got something basically kind of like that, Honda's got something basically kind of like that. Well, I mean, yeah, everybody's doing the, you know, that large smartphone, small tablet, you know, dropped into the dash thing. That I get, right? Because that's more in the driver's line of sight. You don't have to look down as far to see what's going on. Keep your eyes close to the road. But to me, it just seems too wide 
like the aspect ratio seems off. I just think something square would work better in terms of getting the Yeah, tape. you should see it in person because in person, you know, seeing it in 3D, you know, in the, in its actual environment and stuff, it does yeah. look um, – it, it looks like it belongs in that because they have the dash kind of, you know, okay. focused around and moving around and stuff like that so that it is actually um, – it isn't it, – it is bad. I mean, even – now, they did – one of the things that they did do, which is kind of interesting – is uh, they have really kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm now walking by, you know, the, the MX-5 Miata, and I just walked past, uh, you know, the Mazda 3, and I'm now all the way over to the CX-3, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, looking at the CX-9 and the CX-5, they all kind of have the exact same looking dash, which is a little bit weird, um, you know, because when you have, you know, manufacturers like, you know, and, 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 I, and, I'm, and I hate to bring, you know, Toyota and Honda, but, you know, being with Toyota and Honda, you know, you, you, those are the direct competition for, you know, for Mazda itself. And so you're going to have to do something that kind of stands out in order to compete and stuff, you know, not just make cars that are kind of sporty and stuff. So uh, that's kind of it for Mazda. I'm moving on over here. I'm now at Subaru, Matt. Well, well, well. Subaru, land of Birkenstocks. Matt? Yeah. So looking, uh, looking at the Ascent first? No, I'm actually I'm over here by the, uh, the STI. Um, now, why in the world that they have gone with bright green calipers um i don't fully understand that well they're you know it's 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 the boy racer thing right i mean you know they're they're trying to milk every last dollar they can out of that archaic two liter turbo uh boxer before they come up with something new i mean that that engine goes back at least 15 years yeah i mean you know it's 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 a good good engine it's just they. I don't think they've done enough with it lately, especially now that you have, you know, you're in the world of the, you know, the the Hyundai Veloster N, and, you know, and and the Civic Type R, you know, now you've got to compete with that. Uh, you used to be in the world of the Ford Focus RS, but uh, yeah, thanks for that, Ford. Now, looking at the Subaru Ascent. Um, the one thing that I can say is this is definitely a Subaru, um, you know, kind of looking at, you know, the, uh, you know, the rear center console. Now you do have a little bit of leg room in the back, um, a nice panoramic roof, you know, all the way at the top and stuff. Right. That's um, obviously. Although I do have to say the, uh, the, the, the lever action to get into the third row is a bit clunky and kind of a little bit more old school and looking into the third row it's definitely a penalty box okay so when you were talking about room earlier you meant the second row as in terms of being in the back yeah uh matt can you speak up yeah 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 no um like i said just having a having a couple of minor mic problems over here but i'm i'm hopefully getting them resolved pretty soon i may let you do some more of the talking for a couple minutes but um no, the uh, the ascent is you know it's 
Subaru needed this car. They needed something to compete in the three-row because they have had nothing, and sales have gone up from the Forester dramatically. But what are you going to do now? It's it's basically it's 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 Highlander Pilot and Explorer. Yeah, and and like every other midsize, you know, three-row SUV, it's got the same problems. You know, the third row is you know is penalty. And the storage behind the, uh, you know, behind the third row is just non-existent. Um, now, the good news is, is that Subaru did do, oh, no, never mind. This looks like it's, uh, it's uh, kind of chintzy, actually. The, uh, it's got a little uh, pad that fits onto the back of the uh, third row so that you, uh, uh, you have a little bit when the third row is down, which is what it will be, you know, vast majority of the time. Um, you know, it can be, uh, you know, kind of held together. Now I do have to say that, um, you know, move, switching into, uh, sitting in the driver's seat. Um, this is a little bit of a hot mess ish. Um, are you, uh, you still with me, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I'm still with you. I was just happened to look up that uh, it's amazing how big these three-row SUVs have gotten. The Ascent is now longer than the Pilot, but shorter than the CX-9, and it's actually getting not too far away from like what a minivan would be. Yeah, which is really kind of odd, but um, you know, of course, you do have a volume and a tune knob, and uh, then you know the touchscreen audio display, but um, the cup holders. And and I and I know that it's really kind of weird, um, you know, for the cup holders and stuff. They're, they're really shallow, and almost too small. I mean, with everybody drinking, you know, water out of water bottles nowadays, you know, everybody else is going to, you know, deeper cup holders, you know, stuff that can hold like a larger bottle or something like that. Yeah. And I gotta say, yeah, and I gotta say, it's a little bit odd that it would go to that. And Matt. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm. I can't even believe that I'm looking at this. It has a gated automatic shifter with a manumatic mode. I'm sorry. What? A manumatic mode. You know where you kind of bring it down into like a manual mode. Well, you just do it by knocking it to the left, or is it like below drive? Like Right down. It's it's no. You bring it all the way down to drive, and then you kick it over to the left. Okay. For right for manual mode. Right. A lot I of have time, uh, that. Toyota do too. Yeah, I just that's that's a little bit on the odd side. I, I think that I, I thought they would have gone to, you know, a much more premium kind of, you know, feature for that. Now, you mentioned gated shifter earlier. Can you explain what you mean by gated shifter? Because normally that's associated with old Italian cars. So, yeah. So a gated shifter is basically, you know, normally you would just kind of push a button. It releases the, uh, you know, releases uh, the shift lock. And that allows you to go back into drive, neutral, reverse, that kind of a thing. A sure. gated shifter is, is you basically just flip a little lever and then it slides back through a gated uh, through a gated system, um, all if you look at, you know, anything General Motors from like, you know, 10 years ago, <clears throat> you know, you can kind of look at it or Chrysler or whatever like that. So, yeah, you know, just 
little disappointing that you know, you're going to come out with a brand new vehicle and give it something a little bit, you know, you know, a little bit aged and stuff like that. So I'm walking, of course. I, Matt, I think I'm just going to go ahead and walk straight by the Impreza and the Legacy because I just don't even think it's worth it. What do you think? Matt? Yeah. So I'm just going to walk by those. Is that okay with you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't remember the last time I heard anyone mention mention either of the, you know, except yeah, the exactly. Except to say that the, the cross track is a lifted legacy. That's all. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Lifted and present. Yeah. Um, so let's get on to uh, really what Subaru is all about. So I am looking right now. I can't get into it. The uh, the brand new Subaru Forester. Um, and uh, is that all new for 19? It's all new for 2019. I, I really kind of like it. I like the outside. I like what they've done. They've really stuck with the Subaru ness. Of you know of of the styling of it and everything. Huh. Uh, ooh, actually, I think we might be in luck, Matt. I might be able to actually sit in one. Here we go. Now, does yours have this? Um, some of the pictures I'm pulling up on Google have this um, odd-looking uh, red trim, almost like like the GTI lipstick. Does yours have that as well? No. Um, oh, the little uh, little trim around the edges and stuff like that. And side skirts. Uh, the one I'm about to sit in actually uh, has this wonderful little kind of brown chocolate leather uh, to it. I'm a so let me go ahead and sit inside of this. Now, of course, the one that I'm sitting in has a kayak on the roof. Well, of course it does. Yeah. So um, now here's the weird part. So this looks um, a ton better. I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but everything that the Ascent got wrong, it looks like the Forester got right. It's, I mean, the, the cup holder are good. The center console is nicely proportioned. There's, you know, there's no plasticky bits and stuff like that. It looks high quality. Um, I, I think Subaru has definitely pushed the forward as far as interior appointments and stuff um now there is a which is kind of weird because both toyota and honda have gotten away from it now subaru is kind of embracing it which is a dual screen so you have a touch you have a touchscreen infotainment system down lower but then you have this kind of information screen that's kind of up top um and, uh, you know, for years, Honda caught a ton of flack for, for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh so um, now, for the picture I'm seeing, it looks like neither of the screens is really that big. Maybe six, um, seven inches I mean, at most. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, 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 the touchscreen for uh, is, is a little bit on the smaller side compared to its compared to its rivals and stuff like that. It doesn't look... Uh, like ridiculously small um you know when, when you're dealing with you know just inside of it yeah. um but yeah you know it looks pretty good now i am weirdly enough i'm about to climb out um and i'm grabbing hold of the uh of, of the door handle from the inside and it is quite um i do like that sculpting but i don't know how long that would actually last before it broke or or whatever 
Um, ooh, here's a nice little. Oh, okay. Never mind. I thought it was a. I thought they actually had a a bottle cooler in the door, but they don't. It's just telling you, hey, this is for bottles, not for cups. Which oh, gotcha. I think is, gotcha. That's yeah. that's fair. Um, well, no, yeah. that's the picture I'm looking at. The one thing I would say that it really jumps out at me is that for a car that's brand new for 2019, the center infotainment screen already looks 2015. And the fact that Subaru is going to have this same car for the next six, seven years is just, that's really disappointing. Yeah. Like, like I said, I mean, you really have to kind of see it in person uh, because it does, um, it, it does look nice. Uh, but yeah, once again, I, I, I kind of see what you mean with the, uh, with the whole, um, you know, don't, uh, you know, the, the, the dual screen, dual information, that kind of thing. So, you know, and now I am at the back of it yeah. and, um, it has, uh, so they, so they actually have, uh, the, uh, the, the auto downs for the, uh, seats, uh, that, uh, you know, that both Honda and, uh, I think Toyota have, uh, you know, kind of taken a hold of and everything, but I gotta say overall, um, I kind of think it looks decent. Um, yeah. So what I mean by the auto down, and I do apologize for people, um, um, is the fact that with the auto down, uh, you have, uh, it's, it's, it's a little, it's either a switching mechanism or whatever that allows you to, when you're at the back of the vehicle and you want to lay down the, the second row seats, uh, it's a little feature that you can either pull a lever or these, this is just a little rocker switch that actually, uh, allows you to uh, kind of uh, lay that down and switch that down a little bit. So, okay, yeah, so it drops, drops a second real quickly. Yeah, exactly. So okay. I'm walking over, and um, I'm now going over by the, uh, the cross track. Um, I really honestly think that uh, if you're really truly looking at the cross track, um, you know, you're not going to get something that's quick. You're not going to get something that's fast. Um, and uh, I, I don't understand uh, Subaru's uh, thinking behind uh, their upcoming plug-in hybrid Crosstrek. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit uh, not well thought out. So I'm now uh, leaving the Subaru booth, and I'm walking over, for some odd strange reason, over to Nissan. Um, Nissan, with the latest great corporate uh, corporate scandal, Carlos Ghostin, the CEO, has just stepped down after some sort of corruption charges. I don't have the details, but I'm sure they're ribald. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've I've heard everything from it's nothing to worry about, and it's it's a normal thing to oh no, this is the worst thing to ever happen in the history of the world. Um, so I'm over here by the Nissan Maxima. Um, uh, Wow. Uh, hello, plastic. Uh, hard metal plastic. And uh, I, it's, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what this reminds me of. It reminds me of if somebody were to try to design the interior of the Mazda 6, and they said, no, 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 you have to do it for half as much. Yeah, I can see that. That's I'm looking at a picture of it right now. That sounds about right. It's super busy. Ton of buttons. And and it's just oh oh I gotta leave. I gotta leave. 
Okay. Uh, Nissan Rogue. Don't even give a damn. Um, only compact SUV in the in the in the country last year. Yeah. Well, all incentives will be that. purely in price. Um, the uh, Murano. No, don't even care. No one buys. Um, so uh, now, for some of the people, and I'm gonna do this. Uh, the Nissan Leaf. <laughs> So the Nissan Leaf was actually redesigned, I think, last year, um, you know, 2018 model. Um, But, uh, you know, kind of sitting in it, you know, you still got, you know, just a kind of little interesting little toggle switch, um, you know, the power buttons in kind of a weird place. I mean, it's a Leaf. You understand that things are going to be weird. Um, They are uh, upping their game when it comes to uh, mileage and stuff. And so I think, you know, if, if you're looking for an inexpensive, uh, you know, electric car um, that gets, you know, over 100 miles range, there you go. So I'm, oh, quick, I'm looking at, uh, hold on, with the, we'll stick with the Leaf just for a second, because I'm looking at a close-up of the new Nissan Leaf gear selector. Can you attempt to describe what you're seeing in person? Because frankly, it looks like a space alien in the picture. Um, that is, yeah. So, all right. So imagine, imagine one day your stick shift got overly hot and melted. Straight down. Um, yeah, straight down. And then you just put a P for park in the dead center of it. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically what it looks like. Um, but I have to, uh, I have to talk about something sad, Matt. Uh, that, that was sad enough. What else you got? Oh no, this is even more sad on the Nissan display, a 370Z. Oh, and it's a Nismo automatic transmission. Oh, sorry. They make a Nismo automatic. It's, it's Nissan, Matt. Um, you know, that's, you know, just what this car could have been. It just, you know. Well, why are they uh, still making a naturally aspirated V6 in 2018? It doesn't, it doesn't make any I, sense. No, I know. And the same chassis basically goes back unmodified. For God knows how long. Oh, 2010? Uh, it's just, yeah. I'm, I got to walk away, Matt. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start crying. Absolutely. So, and apparently crying. it rides like it has, uh, you know, rocks in the springs. Yeah. Um, now, one that I am kind of interested in, and I'm kind of curious to see uh, how it handles itself, uh, and that's the Nissan Kicks. Um, it, you know, it's not very powerful, but it's not exactly slow. Um, you know, it's chintzy, and the door feels light, and the interior feels, you know, kind of cheap and stuff like that. I really honestly think that the Nissan Kicks could give the Kia Soul a run for its money for personality and functionality and cheapness. I heard it described recently as the car the Juke should have been. Yes, absolutely. I totally, absolutely agree with that. So I'm walking now over to... uh, a little bit of a shinier spot. I'm going to walk over to the Honda display. And uh, 
walking over here. Now, the first thing that I'm going to notice is they have a Honda Fit EX. Now, the reason why this is funny to me is because if you, if you go online and you read anything about the uh, uh, about factory down uh, in Celaya, Mexico, they got flooded and shut down the factory until mid-November. Uh, so basically, you cannot go to a dealership and buy a Honda Fit. They just don't exist out there, especially not one that's an EX or above. But I do like the fact that with the redesign, they did give it the, uh, the Honda Sensing Active Safety Features as standard EX and above. And also it has available Apple CarPlay, Android Auto. Now, weirdly enough, they're sticking with their lane watch camera instead of going to blind spot indicators as everybody is. So yeah. that's, that's, that, uh, that, that, that can't last. That's gotta be part of the refresh. Yeah. They'll get away with that when the get away from that, when the new generation comes out, which I think is due in a year or two. Uh, probably in about two years. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, you know, I mean, reality wise, you know, cargo, cargo capacity for, uh, for, for, for dollar value. You just, you, you can't go wrong. Well, and, and now I realize it doesn't apply to this car in particular, but real quickly, uh, Matt Farah and uh, Jack Bruth have both raved about this company, K-Tuned, I think it is, who put a K-20 in as their generator, and instead it just rips around the racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear more about the uh, about our thing of, uh, of how underrated the, uh, the, the, the Honda Fit is, uh, listen to our previous podcast on... Uh, expanding the type R lineup. And I think uh, a type R fit is absolutely in, in, uh, in a necessary uh, thing that, need, that, that absolutely has to happen. Uh, now I am by the, uh, the, the refreshed um, ish, uh, the, the mid cycle refresh uh, Honda pilot, um, which, you know, got some, uh, got some updating from the front and rear uh, because let's be honest. Um, it looked like an odyssey that it looked like a minivan. <laughs> Uh, so they did it still pretty much does smudge. What's up? It still pretty much does from the side. It, it does, but they, they kind of bushed it up a little bit. It's, it's a little bit better, but you know, the, 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 they uh, proved the grill. Yeah. And, and they gave it some active safety features and, and on this one though, they did give it the, uh, they, they did give it blind spot indication system, um, you know, all the way down the line. Good. That was overdue. Um, now of course, passing, uh, the Ridge line, the most misunderstood and mistreated vehicle I think ever made. <laughs> it's certainly up there. Yep. Uh, now walking by, um, you know, the Accords and everything. So I'm going to kind of just really briefly, uh, I'm going to sit in an Accord Touring 2.0. Um, and then I'm just going to kind of look at this because I just sat in, you know, just recently over into the Mazda 6 and uh, just to get kind of an idea. Now, I do have to say that in the Mazda 6, the interior is slightly more uh, upscale feeling. Um, but I do have to say, though, that when it comes to, you know, layout and stuff like that, the, the you know, the, the display is a little bit bigger. I think it's, it's a little bit, weirdly enough, a little bit less busy than, you know, the... Uh, you know, then, then the Honda or, or, or then the, um, uh, Mazda. then the Mazda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sitting in a car that's ridiculously quick and, you know, heated in, air-conditioned seats, uh, tons of features and stuff like that, heads-up display and everything, and you're, you know, you're, you're still less than $37,000. So, uh, just real quick, looking at pictures, um, the, although I like the overall layout of the Accord better, it just seems simpler, more intuitive, just kind of everything sort of where... So that it gives you better enthusiast hand position, you know, almost kind of free with your hands um, all the way wrapped around the uh, the wheel. And a smaller airbag, too, with that, that super circular airbag. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and yeah, so kind of moving on from that a little bit. So on over to the uh, to the CRV. Now, I do have to say that the CRV, um, you know, the, the, the styling of the interior of the CRV, I think they could have taken a little bit more of a, uh, you know, more of a, uh, a, of a stylistic approach if they wanted to, uh, but they wanted to keep it very functional. And I think for the most part, you know, Honda has really kind of achieved that with the functionality of the interior and stuff like that. Um, you know, it is, uh, although I, I don't understand the fake faux wood paneling trim, you know, around on the inside. It, it, they, they should have gone with more of, I do like, I do prefer uh, Mazda's uh, touch with the, uh, with the brushed aluminum and stuff like that. And I hope in a future refresh, if not just, you know, just straight up for the 2019 Honda CRV, that they do do away with that. And it goes to, you know, more of like a brushed aluminum or some kind of like metal touch, um, you know, kind of a thing. Then, of course, there is always the Type R. Oh, Type R. What can I say about you that already hasn't been said? You're fast. You have comfortable seats. And you look ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely cartoonish. I almost like the way it looks, except in red. Because the red is just way too much. Almost, I well, almost Matt, like it from every angle. It's rally red. It's so rally red. Uh, so moving on, uh, you know, passing the uh, Clarity plug-in hybrid. Um, you know, I, I, I think Honda's only mistake with the Clarity plug-in hybrid is the fact that they didn't give it the same. Uh, they didn't give it the same kind of treatment to the dash that the uh, that the Accord hybrid did. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, th I think that was a mistake. Uh, and, um, and also it sh I think they, they should have tried to find a way to give it a bigger gas tank, you know, cause only a seven gallon gas tank at 42 miles per gallon, you're going to go about 300 miles. And, and that's really truly about it. Um, yeah, the Toyota plug-in gets 640 miles. Yeah. On an 11 gallon tank. Yeah. On an 11 gallon tank. Uh, but then again, the Toyota gets 23 miles per uh, electric range, and the Honda gets 47. Right, so, so it's also a bigger car. The, the Clarity is bigger than the Accord. Yeah, by half an inch. So, but, I mean, um, like but the, uh, the Toyota plug-in the size of a regular Prius, so it's it's just it's a little different. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, speaking of Prius, uh, somebody got a little bit of a rude awakening uh, when Honda created the Insights. 52 miles per gallon average, 55 in the city, 49 on the highway, um, in a car that looks like, hey, a car. Uh, personally, I love the way that the Insight looks, um, which is a phrase I've never been able to say before. Um, basically, they took everything that was wonderful about the Civic and made it less millennial <laughs> or, 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 or high school. You know, just it's, it's you know, you don't have the, the crazy lobster claw taillights. You know, you have the front end that's kind of grafted from the, uh, you know, from the Accord. I just think that they just did such a wonderful job with it. Um, it is kind of hit or miss with the uh, buzzing of the engine as the engine revs, uh, but that'll be kind of something that, you know, you yourself are going to have to uh, kind of take a look at. Uh, it's still going to be hybrids in general. Real quick, while I'm got you on the topic, could you repeat those MPG numbers one more time just, just so you kind of flew through them? So, so the, the Rican Prius runs 54 city and the inside is what? 55. Okay. And the uh, regular Prius runs 50 highway and the inside is? 48. Okay. For an average of 52. Got it. Which is the same average as the regular Prius. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Uh, so currently, Matt, I found myself in a very odd and strange place. Um, and I don't know exactly what to think of it. Uh, I am at the, uh, the Buick display. Oh, the car they sell in China. And I think that's enough said for that. Let's just move on. All right. So they have the convertible? So, uh, yeah, you mean the one that they're getting rid of? Yeah, the one they're killing off. Okay. Yep. Just checking. Uh, All right, yep. moving on. Yeah, moving on. Uh, so now I am over in Mercedes land. And... Oh, cheap cars for a lot of money. It's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, cheap cars, a lot of uh, features uh, for a lot of money. Um, you know, kind of walking by, you know, stuff like the GLA, the G, the CLA. I, uh, the GLA is on the same platform. It is the same car as the Infiniti QX30, by the way. It's literally a rebadged QX30. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I can totally see it because I can see uh, Infiniti is not too far away. Yeah. Uh, so, uh but yeah, you know, you just there's just so many. I don't know. I I, I think I think if they, they they simplified Mercedes, I think some Mercedes may do a little bit better. But you know, they're trying to keep up with competing with uh, with uh, BMW and stuff. Quick summary. I think the best way to explain this is something you and I talked about several months ago, which is that every good-looking Mercedes has two doors. Oh, absolutely. I'm, and I'm, I'm staring at two of them. I, I, there, there's an E450 over here, which is in this burgundy with uh, kind of a chocolate top, which is gorgeous. And, uh, um, you know, and they have an SL, uh, an SL over here that uh, cool and cool enough. Um, it actually, you now have a, uh, a kick hands-free access to the, uh, to the tailgate or to the, uh, not tailgate, uh, to the trunk area. Uh, and then, of course, for some odd strange reason, they have a smart car, which, uh, as my uh, oldest daughter put so uh, intelligently, um, can you really call it a smart car when you look like an idiot driving it? 
question. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Land Rover. And uh, I got to say, Land Rover is just really, um, you know, they've, they've, they've really kind of upped their game with everything. Um, as far as the styling and stuff like that, they've kind of gone with, um, you know, just uh, they just look really good. They've really cleaned up the lines and stuff like that. It looks less, you know, um, as, uh, as 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 I believe the the boys from Old Top Gear would say, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, footballish, you know, like like a footballer, oh, oh, right, footballish um, still. right the, from. Um, uh, Right, that part of the country where they all live. Yeah, exactly. Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. But uh, I, could do, I could gotta say, um, you know, I, I like what they've done with the grills, and they've kind of cleaned up the grill a little bit. Less chrome, but still chrome. Um, but it looks really good. And something I wasn't expecting—I didn't even know this existed. Range Rover Sport oh, yeah. plug-in hybrid. Wow, I know there That's was a Sport. I didn't know the Sport came in a plug-in hybrid. Yeah. That's uh that's very interesting. Uh, so moving on right over next to its uh, and let's its, not forget Jaguar Land Rover is owned by Tata out of India, so uh, that's always an odd mix. I'm actually wandering all the way over here to I'm uh, now in Jaguar Land. Oh, nice segue. Yes, thank you. Uh, speaking of Tata Motors, now I am looking at of course an F-Type, um, gorgeous car. Absolutely gorgeous car. Um, now, here's something that um, Matt, do you know what a shooting brake is? I do. Yeah, shooting brake. Uh, short version. Short version. Promise. Uh, uh, two doors, four or five seats. Beautiful car. Sort of a grand tour kind of style. Sloping back. Usually has a hatch instead of a trunk. Yeah. So this isn't exactly a shooting sport. Uh, a shooting brake, um, but it is a. Uh, it, it looks like a. Looks like if you had a four-door shooting brake. Um, it very much reminds me of uh, the lines of it. Look, very much reminds me of the old uh, Volvo V70R. Oh sure, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. It's an XF. Um, it's available in all-wheel drive. It looks really nice. I, I do like it. A huge panoramic roof on the roof of it. Um, I do like it. Except so it's also, great, yeah, great. it's uh, for those who don't don't know off the top of their heads, it's uh, just their midsize. So it's uh, sort of a little bit bigger than a five series, closer to an E class. That that size of yeah. vehicle. Yeah, great. Now, uh, an interesting car, uh, the uh, the Jaguar I Pace uh, is kind of Jaguar's entrance into uh, the electric world. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've I haven't driven one. Uh, I was actually uh, discussing something with somebody today that they were talking about the fact that it did drive really harshly that they decided to go with a more sport oriented uh kind of theme instead of um you know uh instead of uh you know more of a plush kind of a ride now i'm wandering over here into uh audi and uh the i-pace is beautiful i mean it's, it's a really good looking car forget everything else it's good looking from the it is good looking and I, and, I, and, I, and i think those looks will absolutely uh sell it um, now I am over in Audi right now. Okay. Um, the car's the dentist by. Yeah, and uh, and that's really nice. Uh, you also have a uh, Audi RS5 Sportback. Right. Um, weirdly enough, in something that resembles British Racing Green, which I don't fully understand. Yeah, Audi loves that color. They've done it on a couple of vehicles now. 
And of course, the uh, the brand new Q8 in the Audi S8. <laughs> the baby um, Pentagon. But uh, but yeah, they uh, they do look good, and man, that that interior. Yeah. Are you able to sit yeah. in the Q8? Uh, no, I am not. Okay. Um, uh, they have it uh, locked up with the windows up, actually. Can Can you peek in the window at all and tell me like how it compares to? Like, because that that car is supposed to be the gold standard for all two row, you know, luxury SUVs, right? Um, I can definitely see what they mean. They, uh, it's it's you know, you have this nice uh, open pour wood um, in there, and uh, you know, it just it, it looks like uh, ah, man, it's just it, it, you'd really kind of have to see it and stuff like that. Um, now uh, it does have everything is all touchscreen. Uh, which is very odd. Uh, I don't know why you would have, um, you know, all your climate controls, you know, uh, forcing you to do it on a touchscreen. Yeah, Acura tried that and failed. Yeah, exactly. Now, sorry about the uh, about the uh, sound, real quick. Uh, we're walking by a little display with the Audi Sport, where they have uh, pedals so that your kids can uh, make a bunch of uh, revving noises. Um, and a car that. For some reason, just doesn't get old, and I'm not sure exactly why. And that is the Audi R8. Spider. I well, mean, the, the new rear-wheel drive version really injected some life back into that car. Yeah. Oh, it looks absolutely fantastic. It's just amazing. It is, um, it is a good-looking car. I I do miss the gated shifter, though. I would love to have one with a gated shifter. Yeah. Now over to. Now, I, at first, I, uh, I wasn't sure where I was, and then I saw uh, bright yellow colors and huge wings, and then I realized, oh, that's right, I'm by Porsche. And uh, I'm looking at the GT2 RS, 700 horsepower, 0 to 60, 2.7 seconds, top speed of 211 miles per hour. How'd I know that? Because Porsche displays that. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, now holds the Nürburgring uh, track record for production cars. Uh, and I'm totally not surprised. That thing just looks insanely fast from every single angle. Uh, now, of course, so I always get asked the question, what would I drive if I uh, – if I ever won the lottery and well, quite frankly, I would drive exactly what I'm looking at right now. My daily driver would be a Rolls Royce Dawn. Oh my gosh. It looks amazing. It's a two door, uh, convertible. Uh, that is just gorgeous. Suicide opening front doors. Just amazing. Just that's amazing. And, uh, what, what color is the car you're looking at? It is a like a white with a blue top. I would definitely not do the blue top. I'm looking so, at the same car right now on the on uh, Google. It is, it, it is, it it works if you want that particular combo. It's not like it's jarring, but it's very clearly. Oh, we decided to put a blue top in here because because we can. Yeah. And of course, I'm looking now at uh, Aston Martins. I mean, what can be said? They're Aston Martins. They look fantastic. They go like hell. What do you think of the uh, revised grill uh, with the new sort of baleen whale opening? 
I'm I'm okay with it. I I, I do like the transition from the old, uh, you know, the old kind of great grill to uh, to this more kind of subdued version stuff. Not sure what I think of the headlights. I think the headlights were better on the previous ones instead of the little squinty things. They look kind of like snake eyes. Yeah. Uh, then of course you have Bentley, which everything is Bentley, and oh my gosh, Matt, 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 Matt. I'm listening. It is a Lamborghini Huracan Performante. Spice. Really? Oh my gosh. In orange with the little stripes that say that it's Italian, as if you needed stripes to tell you that it was Italian. Uh, good news, it's only $355,974. I'm guessing they put that on the front windshield so people would quit asking. <laughs> I'm, now, does it list um, how much the options are in, in that price? I cannot get close to it because it, of course, is roped off. Okay. I'm looking at it now. It's a gorgeous car. It almost looks like from the very front tip of the grill front of the hood all the way back through the windshield is one continuous angle yeah now i am looking for your first reaction matt when i say the words urus uh bentley bentega uh yeah. but i just i think that they uh i think they should have uh thought a little harder I mean, because it looks like a Lamborghini, um, but uh, you know, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, of what would happen if the Aventador, um, you know, just its its metabolism dropped to the floor and uh, it quit uh, exercising every single day, and then and like twenty years later. You, you know what? It, I'm looking at a picture from the front. Right, it's not quite square on, but it's close. And I realized the two cars are owned by the same company, which explains a lot. But what it really looks like to me <clears throat> is a Porsche Cayenne Turbo built by Italians. Yes, absolutely. That's definitely what I am getting with that. Absolutely. The and then, of course, big, the idler looks <clears throat> squinty, and the whole thing is just sort of like ready to run you over as soon as talk to you. Yeah. And then, of course, Oh, my if so this is the other car. So I would have a daily driver, which would be of course my Rolls Royce Dawn, and then my weekend fun car would be exactly what I'm looking at right now. And that is an Aventador S V J. Uh no, it's not a J. Uh but it is Aventador S V <sighs> Spider. Oh my gosh. I need to walk away. Or else they're going to have to uh, clean up a display. Anyways, so I, moving on. Real quick, I mean, we do have to give, just for a minute, we do have to give some serious props to Lamborghini Aventador for being one of two, possibly three, naturally aspirated V12s available still in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so really quickly, I'm not going to spend too much time here. Uh, I am in Lexus land. Um, where remarkably, yeah. remarkably, now, I know we did a video many years ago about how Lexus and BMW are the same thing. Um, 
BMW has started to clean up their act. Uh, Lexus, of course, is hasn't. So we're just going to kind of walk away from all of thisness. Okay, let's just do one summary. Okay, two things about okay. Lexus. Okay, the RX350 will always be their best seller. Two, the only car that that Predator Alien grill has ever looked good on, truly good, is the LC500 Coupe. And Which, of course, I'm looking at, and it looks amazing. And it just does. to that car for having one of the nas- last naturally aspirated V8s you can buy outside of a pickup. Yeah, and, uh, and it's, it's although a little weird that they went with, with a metal-looking but plastic grill. I'm sure, I think that was I'm sure they can say they're trying to add lightness. That's probably their defense. Uh, sure. Lightness to an already heavy freaking car. Yeah, I don't uh, know what that thing but it's a lot. Going through um, uh, Nissan on steroids, I am in Infinity, and I'm now leaving Infinity. Uh, I can't think of anything Infinity does that's worth mentioning. Hey, look. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Do you ever want to know what a bad stock option looks like on four wheels? Sure. Why don't you tell me? Do you know where I'm at? I, I, I'm keen to guess. Where? Take a wild guess. Uh, something American. Over boisterous. Uh, CEO and founder. Um, oh, you mean Tesla? <laughs> there you go. Well, I was American. I was, I was at least, I was, I was okay there. Yes. With, with the model. And then, of course, Ferrari has wonderful display with older Ferraris, newer Ferraris, and they're just all Ferraris. They're just amazing, fantastic, and most of them are red. Some of them are black. One of them's white. That I don't understand how the hell that got here. I love a good white Ferrari. I do. I'm a little oh. bit like, uh, like uh, Chris. Uh, Chris, what's his name that way? But no, the yeah. uh, the Ferraris, Ferraris are great. Right up until you have to pay the maintenance bill. Yeah, exactly. Now I do have to say though, um, I, I, I'm now over with Lincoln, and if you want to talk about a company that has really started to drag itself out of the dirt, Lincoln is you know with with some of their SUVs and stuff. Um, and, and they've kind of, you know, with like the Navigator and uh, the new Nautilus, <clears throat> I mean, just absolutely amazing. Um, and then uh, kind of uh, trying to trim this down on time just a little bit. Matt, sorry about that. Let me, uh, let me kind of take a walk over here. I'm passing by Volvo. Anything necessarily you want to say about Volvo? Every single Volvo uses the same four-cylinder engine. All they change is how they supercharge or turbocharge it, and they're owned yeah. by Geely out of China. All right, we're good. And then, of course, uh, I'm walking by the McLaren display. Uh, they're still safe, and they're still luxurious. Yeah, walking by the McLaren display. McLaren's and, uh, fast. Oh, here's your trivia about McLaren. Um, the McLaren engine, every one of them is comes from the same uh, Nissan V8 from way back in the day that's been um, heavily reworked. And you can get it in 3.8 or 4.0 twin turbo. Yep. And so uh, I'm trying to hurry up and get over here to uh, the uh, the smaller exhi- uh, exhibition. Um, and uh, funny enough, 
I have two, count it, two, Matt, percent battery life left. Well, I think that's a good, um, good time to go ahead and uh, end the show then. Well, no, no, no. I've got it because I still haven't gone by uh, <clears throat> Toyota or uh, Hyundai or Kia yet. Uh, read an article yeah. today on a trend. They just did a side-by-side comparison uh, with the 2019 not yet released RAV4 and uh, the current generation uh, Honda CRV and the short version. I read that too. CRV1. Yeah, the CRV one, but I, I'm kind of interested to know what it's because they did they did that back in September when it was in a pre-production version, and they did kind of reference that. But I also want to um, kind of uh, I, I, I want to I want I want I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any decisions on that until they uh, they kind of do a little bit more. Um, they, they, they do another uh, testing of it and everything. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, after the car's been out for a while, you know, it's good to go back and revisit everything and see see what's going on. Um, the uh, And then, of course, Mr. Toyota's, uh, the CEO's proclamation from, I think it was a year, maybe two years ago now, quote, we will no longer make any boring, no longer make boring cars. And they've, they, so far, they've done a good job following through on that without losing their Toyota-ness. Um, which depending on who you ask either means a comfortable car or spongy suspension but, uh, so I'm actually right now at the Toyota booth Matt good segue on that one uh, and I'm looking at the brand new RAV4 and I gotta say from the outside it is quite striking I don't know I think it's way better looking than the CRV for sure I mean it's definitely better looking than the CRV in some form or fashion uh, but I don't. I'm not sure about the squared off wheel arches. I'm uh, still not kind of there with that one. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a trend in general to make everything look more rugged, right? The the round wheel arches has kind of a crossover feel. Yeah. It's kind of more of a, you know, and then of course, uh, so just kind of trying to hurry up a little bit. So Ford, uh, yes, there's the Mustang. It looks really cool. And with Chevrolet, you have the Corvette, which looks really cool. And of course, the uh, the car that you love to look into but your car you can't see out of that of course is the uh, chevrolet camaro and uh it's a fantastic car so matt i'm going to kind of round this up uh or if you can kind of round it up real quick the mustang uh chevrolet uh we sell pickups and um i think that's a great way to sort of sign off here with uh the sf auto show Yep, absolutely. Uh, if you guys, let's do it again next year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, um, just kind of as a <clears throat> as a final word, uh, you know, Matt and I are uh, kind of starting to start out in this and stuff. So if you guys could uh, email us comments at mzcarguys at gmail and kind of give us a uh, an idea of of what you guys would like to see uh, us kind of do with this or where to go with this. Uh, if you have any suggestions or anything like that or any comments, give us a uh, Give us a little email. Yep, we'd appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you later. Good night. Bye-bye.